What is going on, everybody? It is your boy RB. Welcome back on in to Philly Take with RB. Shout out to everybody up in the chat, man. Drop a like, subscribe if you are new, hit the notification bell. Consider becoming a channel member. Check out the Mercer, all that good stuff. Today, we have a special guest on with us. That is Sixers lead writer for Philly Sports Network and the co-host of the Pick Swap podcast. We have my guy Sean Bernard. Thank you for taking the time to join us, man. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to talk some Sixers, man. How you doing today? Yeah, what's going on? I'm I'm hyped to be here. All the Ben Simmons drama all over the place have been weighing on everybody, and it seems like we're finally hitting our breaking point. But I'm excited. Yeah, it's um, I I mean, this whole off season has just been like a roller coaster, honestly, like up and down, up and down, and it's crazy with a couple days to go until training camp, and, and there's still so much unresolved. There's still so much uncertainty. So um, I, I just you know. First and foremost, I, I want to get your thoughts and opinions as to, you know, where where are you feeling right now? How do you feel with just a few days to go going into camp? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to sit back and we really don't know what the roster is going to look like heading into the season when we start a couple days from now, which is insane as a team. The whole thing is just an absolute mess with Ben Simmons, the Sixers, the relationship, everything. Uh, I definitely think Rich Paul is the biggest factor in playing the cards and creating such making it such more of a hostile situation than it needed to be and honestly getting it to a point of uh, no return where it just simply didn't have to get there and I totally get from Simmons point of view wanting out of Philly and why is that but the root of the issue it always goes back to how you've handling this and this in general and if you're the Sixers I'm still sitting here in no rush to make a move and if he doesn't want to show up that's fine if you want to take the fines that's cool with us but you're not taking the organization hostage by just doing this and i it'll be interesting to watch play it out but i think that's how maury sees it as well so i think this is going to continue to drag on yeah i definitely agree with you i'm i'm there with you and i've been catching heat for that recently but it's like this whole off season and i'll backtrack a little bit to what you said um i do understand why why ben would want out as well at the same time in my opinion i don't think that you know it, it's justified for a man to not really say anything you know his agent causes all this chaos and as a result, we're in a bad situation because of that. And, you know, I've been I've been arguing with people for a, a long time now. I want to get your opinion as to what is the main cause of this? You know, is it like a multi-factor thing? Because in my opinion, I think that, you know, if Ben Simmons would just not even shoot at a high clip, but, you know, just show his willingness to get better, right? His, I mean, yeah. there's a lack of desire there. And, you know, I feel like recently he's been spitting in our faces, to be honest, you know, with the Instagram posts and the Ferraris and this and that. It's like, come on, man. Like, at the end of the day, where's what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the root of the issue is certainly Ben Simmons. And 
the fact of the matter is if Ben Simmons was as good as he personally believes he is, the Sixers would have no issues right now. And they probably wouldn't be this sour taste in, in our mouths after last year. We wouldn't be sitting home after the second round. But at the end of the day, that's just not the situation. And when this team was built at its core, when we think about Embiid and Simmons as the two centerpieces, this was designed for him to continue to take strides and be one of the face of the team. And he just hasn't uh, – built to his game and added layers in the way that it was expected and hoped to be. And at its core, that's what the the team was built upon believing. And he's still a fine player. He still does a lot of good defensively. He's terrific. He's great in the fast break. There's a ton of good he does in his game. He's not a bad player by any means, but he's not to the lengths of that. It was hoped it would be at this stage of his career and a career year from Tobias Harris last year, I think honestly held him from a lot of slack that otherwise would be heading Ben Simmons way. But at the end of the day, just simple. It's so frustrating that it's. it feels like the most fun and easiest part of basketball is just shooting the ball and just the unwillingness to do it. It just blows my mind and forever has and forever will. But at the end of the day, if Benson is just – if he's just attacking the rim more aggressively and shooting free throws, we're probably still – like there's such little additions to his game that if they would have occurred, there would be none of these issues right now. Yeah, I agree 110%. And I like how you someone finally brings up how Tobias Harris, not only Tobias, but Joel as well. Like, mm-hmm. let's not forget here that Joel had an MVP-like season. And, and this is, like, more than we expected from Joel. Some people even think he can go to a greater height. But at the current point, like, last year was the peak Joel that we have seen thus far. And, yeah. and you know, the, the philosophy coming into, say, last season was – Let's build around Ben and Joel, not just Joel, but Joel took on such a prominent role. Like you said, and Tobias had a career year. It's like it almost takes the attention away, and then people are okay as long as we're the number one seed, as long as we're afloat. But then we see we get to the playoffs. The issues are there, and you know, like you said, he does everything else well. I agree with that, but at this point, I just, you know, a divorce is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, I, I just don't like the feel of this. And people have been saying to me, oh, let's let's pull the trigger. Let's get it done. Let's go get what we can. I agree there are better fits for the team. But I've changed my mind in the last week and a half. I feel like I changed my mind every week. But I feel like I've changed my mind now. You know what? No. You have four years left on your contract. You wrote your signature, buddy. You're yeah. the one who signed it. And, and I feel like if we trade him now to some team on the West Coast, we're giving him exactly what he wants. No. Yeah. Either come build your value up. And we'll get what we want when we want it. You know, I, I feel like everybody's just catering to Ben Simmons right now. And Doc's going on TV to defend it. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's absurd that Doc Rivers has to go on ESPN just to communicate with this guy and kind of get a window into his ear. And to me, it's insane that it even happened. Definitely comes off as like a little desperate. And I it's, he handled himself fine on there. But it's just the fact that that even happened is absurd to me. Uh, as far as Simmons, the frustrating part is like there are certainly flaws in his game and gaping holes, but he is better than a lot of the return we would be getting in these trades and that we are handcuffing ourselves as an organization with Simmons as our last real trade chip to build a team around Joel who has ascended into the superstar that we always hoped he could become and even more than we could have hoped from him, to be honest. He's everything we could ask for and finding guys to bring out the best and compete alongside of him is the only goal here. And getting guys who simply are not as good as Ben Simmons, and maybe maybe there's the argument that sure, better fit, sure, better chance at a championship, maybe. But like, this isn't a clean swap. The Sixers aren't going to win any deal if they pull a trade on the uh, if they pull the trigger on a trade now. 
And uh, it's also frustrating is as far as Simmons wanting to hold out, if you really want out of here, like the best thing you could do is show up, play your game, play well, and your values back up, everybody's happy. But the refusal to make that happen and just more feelings hurt, more bad relation just complicates it and makes it just messier and messier. I agree 100%. And I've been on that same mindset. Like, first and foremost, if you're Ben Simmons, you know, for, I brought up the example of John Wall. He's working with the Rockets on a trade. Why, mm-hmm. why didn't we do that behind us? Why did this have to come out and get ugly? And I really feel that in some ways, Ben is, is more of a celebrity. Like, it, it's almost like we want this in the light, and it's I want what I want, and I, and I don't care. But the, like you said, the problem with that is, like, us as an organization, yeah, we were the one seed last year. We should have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. This was probably one of our best chances to get deep in the playoffs. And, you know, Daryl Morey's approach is not to just, you know, my my whole thing this offseason is, like, there hasn't been a lot of big guys available, but I feel like Daryl's just been waiting out. And I, I, don't, th- I don't feel like Daryl's going to bite at all. I feel like he's going to do this his way, and I would do the same thing because why would we screw ourselves over now? That's why people telling, oh, let's get D'Lo and Malcolm Brogdon. I like those players, but, but what it, you know, they can't stay healthy for an entire season. Mm-hmm. And what if we don't get the assets back? And then, then where do we go? Like you said, he's our last trade chip. What do mm-hmm. we do after that if that doesn't work? And then you risk Joel getting unhappy, right? Yeah. And, I mean, my under- obviously, Daryl Morey is staring, down, staring this down and not blinking right now. And uh, there's pretty much nobody in the basketball world that I'd rather have in charge than him in this situation. And it's so hard to handle. But I agree. I don't think he's going to blink. He's going to stay strong. And as he should, that's what we need. Uh, sitting back, my understanding of the behind-the-scenes, kind of what it seems happened is – when the season first ended, and obviously there was the meltdown, the pass to Matisse, the not open dunk, everything that we all saw, the no free throws, and then the meeting with between Clutch and Daryl Morey uh, around the draft in Chicago was the the behind the scenes uh, that they wanted to be traded. And then when there was not enough traction, that's when they went public was the the Clutch position. But like again, Morey, there just simply isn't a star available to flip him for. Like, we need another perimeter star to pair with an Embiid if this is wants to be the championship team that we hope it can be, and there just simply isn't one. Dame Lillard didn't want to leave. Bradley Beal didn't want to leave. There's nobody there that it could be flipped. So from Morey's perspective, he's not giving him away for nothing. He has to make the most of this to make sure. So stacking assets and making sure you get the deal right is way more important than making a guy happy, and especially when you're talking about the, the franchise as a whole. So I, I don't think it's right by any means. I definitely think Rich Paul is like the all the moves by Clutch to me have been overstepping bounds and stuff that even I think the league should take notice because this is a guy who he's signed a new contract. The, the ink's still fresh on this new max deal that he signed and that him demanding out for something that was signed in good faith. Like this is your job to be here. And I understand like star. this is a player driven league. So the stars certainly get what they want. But this kind of just hostage situation and control of power, it feels like the pendulum swung a little too much. Yeah, I agree 100%. Shout out to uh, Hoop Gossip with the $2 super sticker. Thank you. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Uh, a lot of people up in here. Drop your comments, questions, all that. Again, Sean uh, Bernard up in here talking Sixers. You know, I want to go back to what you said um, about Doc Rivers because I, you know, I ranted on this yesterday and I got a lot of heat for it. But I think Doc Rivers coming out on ESPN, I thought that was pathetic. I thought it was stupid. And, you know, people were, were trying to tell me and other people, oh, well, this is a PR stunt. Don't you understand that? Here's my response. And here's what I'm trying to say, similar to what you just said. 
It doesn't make sense. We are four days away from training camp. There is no PR stunt. And this is why, you know, it, it doesn't matter what Doc says. And the fact that he defended him, it almost makes me feel in part that he still believes that Ben Simmons can win a championship and all that. But I, I just don't. I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was stupid. And you're not fooling anybody. If we can see this kind of stuff, other GMs in the league can see this. They're not going to bite. They're not going to send uh, a premium because they know Ben Simmons is is most likely not coming for the entire season or until what until reparations are made. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, with Doc in general. So when Doc Rivers was first hired as coach, one of the things that I was looking forward to the most about him is just how like on top of players he is and making guys take it seriously, take responsibility, all that that goes along with the, the presence that he has. And I was super excited to see what that would look like with Simmons, especially when we talk about just taking the shots, adding things to his game. And really that just did not come into fruition the way I was hoping whatsoever. And specifically with all the media interactions, when he defended Ben Simmons more than anyone else at all. And whenever there were the, the critical questions, which I will forever stand by, is the right to be asked about his, him not shooting. And when we're in the fourth quarter and the lack of offense, which are fair questions to answer, Doc Rivers is always pointing out, well, look at the passes, look at the defense, that, which sure, that's true, but this still like the team is in a better spot if he's just doing these simple things. And then as far as moving forward, there is a lot that seems to be uh, pinned down to Rivers after game seven with kind of the critical comments when he wasn't sure if he can be a championship point guard and stuff. He really didn't say anything worth taking that say or anything remotely worth getting your feelings hurt that much about so i think the the main thing of him going on espn was to walk those back and he gave his whole spiel about how he's misrepresent misrepresented and that wasn't what he meant but just again why are we like why are we rolling over to this guy right now and all everything all focus at this point should be on training camp is starting up this is the team we have we're going to make the most with we have if he shows up fine if he doesn't fine and we're moving on and I, there doesn't need to be any I, I wouldn't like curl over to this guy at any point we're in the position of power the Sixers are in control and let's keep it that way yeah I agree and and like I said earlier like it feels like everybody keeps catering to this guy like Ben Simmons the report comes out oh I never intend to play for the Sixers again then Doc has to go on TV like I, I like Charles Barkley said a couple weeks ago like somebody in the organization needs to have some stones and, and just step up and pretty much say like this is how we're doing our business. You sign the extension. We're going to do our thing, like you just said. So um, I agree 100%. Uh, with that being said, what do you think Daryl Morey actually does do? Do you think this is going to carry out through camp? Do you think, well, obviously he's not going to show up um, yeah. and they're going to get hammered with questions. So do you think that, you know, we're just going to carry this out and go through the season and try to win games? and, and, and but, Or do we just go right now for best, you know, what, whatever is available? What do you think? Uh, I think he will be traded eventually, but I think this is certainly going to drag into the season. And if there was a deal on the table that Maury believed was the proper return and that would help the franchise, he would have pulled the trigger by now. And I think that would have happened. I think that just frankly hasn't happened, that the feeling around the league, the value around the league doesn't represent what Maury and the Sixers believe he's worth. And from like from Simmons' perspective, you certainly have the right to say, I want to be traded. But then from the Sixers, you certainly have the right to be right back. Well, we're we're not going to. And just that's business. That's how things go. And from there, the, you should move on. And now to drag it on and like uh, Simmons, I'm sure pretty confident has played his last game in a Sixers uniform. But I don't think the Sixers have played their last game without with Ben Simmons on the roster. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it, it, it starts to show about his character, too. Like if I'm an opposing GM, 
and I'm acquiring this guy with four years left on his contract. We know the flaws on the court, but what if the next team doesn't do something he doesn't like? You know what I mean? What if he gets a – and like you said about the criticism, it was it was not criticism to the level that people played up to. And the fact that people want to talk about Doc Rivers and Joe – people talk about Joel Embiid as a problem because of this. Guys, the root of the issue is the fact the man doesn't try to get better. Like, that's all we've been – we asked for effort in this city – yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and let me ask you this. Do you think, do you think he ends up showing up at some point? Because I, I don't, I, I think he's just going to sit this out and just, I, I, don't I don't know. I think if it drags on, I think there has to be a point where he gets sick of it. So I think if it drags on long enough into the season, he eventually shows up. But I think that's like at least, at least a month away, probably a little longer before that even happened. So I think possibly, but unlikely, but, but. At, yeah. And, and at that point, though, then I start to think, like, would I even take this guy back? Like, it's mm-hmm. going to it's going to mess with the chemistry in the locker room. Like, yeah, I just feel like, that would be a toxic thing for him to come back in at some point. Yeah, absolutely. The only way if Simmons actually would want to come back to the Sixers and save things, the only way that like things could be saved in any way is if he fires Rich Paul, moves on from clutch sports and gives the whole spiel of my agent went on this bad tactic. He had me with this bad idea, put this in. And I just don't see that happening whatsoever. So uh, for me, the the feelings are broken to beyond the point of repair. And I, I can't see them being amending in the Sixers uniform. And it's sad that this is how it's going out. This is yeah. like for Sim- Simmons specifically, like I understand the criticism. He obviously gets it, but I think Philadelphia in general has been nicer to him and Markel Fultz. I'll lump in right with that than just about any athlete in its history. And just kind of the, the hope that he would get there and all these guys like it's not like this is coming without you you earned all the criticism that is coming your way yeah, right and, and you know two of the craziest athlete stories ever not even in philly yeah. but in sports and, and people want to forget we backed this guy for years like we're asking you to shoot a bat it, it's just sickening at this point um we've like people you know keep wondering why the media and everybody talks about it there's just nothing else we can kind of go forth with until we know who our team is and it's just it's rough because it's not like ben simmons is just you know some guy on the bench he is supposed to be a star of this team and whether it's ben simmons markel fultz it's just sickening how this has played out and i am honestly i'm starting to look ahead and i'm worried that if the sixers don't get this right joe and could get unhappy with his with his situation i know he just signed an extension but still you know like this who knows how much time Embiid has left yeah, no, the window, we have no idea how long his window is for his prime because as much as I love Joel with all my heart, like there could be a, a fall tomorrow where everything changes right. in the story. And he's played, like he's become a level of superstar that we should be so thankful for and like a legitimate top tier superstar in this league, a guy who had a legitimate MVP argument last year and a guy who doesn't get enough recognition for how dominant he is defensively because of how good he is on the offensive end. And he's a guy that like, Everything should be built around him and finding guys that complement him best. And frankly, Ben Simmons has never been that guy. And that we've tried to make it work for as long as we have, but everything should be focused on building around this guy. So Embiid, whatever decision, he should certainly be involved in any decisions here. And if there's if there's anything to do with the trade, like he definitely should have a voice in that. Another one of the the seemingly issues that kind of fractured things was that he did sign off on the the Harden trade back when that almost happened near the deadline which is a, an interesting wrinkle in it. But I don't think there's anything between uh, Embiid and Simmons. I think that specifically set this off. But everything moving forward should be built around making him happy. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, let's talk about Tyrese Maxey a little bit because this guy is like the complete opposite. He shows dog. Yeah. He shows heart. Um, a lot of people are very high on this kid, and I'm surprisingly I'm trying to I'm trying not to go over the ledge yet because I've seen this happen in the last couple of years with different players. One of them being Ben Simmons. I backed this guy for a long time. I'm just trying to take my time. But Tyrese Maxey is very electrifying. He's exciting, and you know this kid's going to be really good. Now he is in his early 20s. Do we do have to remember and? Um, one, do, how much, you know, what is his role going to be this year? Do you think he could step up and be the starter? And also what is the ceiling on this guy, you know, going in the next couple of years? Yeah. So, I mean, first off, assuming Simmons doesn't show up, which that seems what all indications are. I think Maxie's obviously your first guy thrown into the starting role. I've, I've loved this guy since going into the draft. He was a guy who I hoped we would even consider trading up to get. And the fact that he was there and fell to 21 was insane to me at the time. And it's even more insane to me now, just the first off, this kid's electric on and off the court, which is how much he works, his desire to get better, everything. And in a lot of ways, he is kind of the anti-Simmons with that and just his personality, his little, like everything about his his vibe, his electric. He he just adds something when he's there. And on the court specifically, you saw, I'm, I'm so excited from what I saw in Summer League from him. And I know it's Summer League and like whatever, it's a lot of nobodies out there, but just the layers that he's added, which is, putting on strength, attacking the basket better, his shot creation. He's He's got a new step back that's going to – he's for sure going to be a go-to move of him. And stuff that just like – it's exciting to just – it seems simple, but it's exciting to just watch a player just add things to their game and develop in the way they're supposed to, and that's what we're seeing. And uh, he's only 20 years old still. He only had like half a year of college, had a limited like uh, – tra no training camp. He tested positive for COVID, so missed a month. He didn't have steady rotation – uh, last year so it's there's still a lot that we don't know about him but I think he's ready for the spotlight and he's a guy that I really believe has such a high level that I want to throw him in and juice every last bit out of it yeah right I agree 100 percent and and when it comes to Tyrese Maxey the thing is like you know he's always going to work hard and in mm -hmm. addition to that he's just he's ready for the moment when when we plugged him into game six of the second round of the playoffs I, I just knew like he has it he has the it factor he's ready and I hope Doc Rivers sees that as well because we know Doc likes to nurture these young guys. I hope they throw him right in and let him go because I could really see in a couple of years this kid being an all-star. Um, and, and the one knock was his jump shot and his form. And you can see he's already putting in the work. And, and it's like, it's beautiful to see. And I think it speaks to something larger because I feel like we haven't even had a point guard here in like seven years. And, and that's ridiculous. And imagine the kinds of things in terms of Joel Embiid's game that can open up when you have a point guard on the floor. Yeah, definitely. And first off, like the franchise as a whole has not done wonders for roster construction and building the best talent. And there's been a ton of mistakes along the way. And when we talk about Simmons specifically, they never got him a, a big man that could shoot in a, a stretch capacity with the second unit, which would have opened up things in his game in a much better way. And like you said, a point guard has been missing on this roster for so long. And just the perimeter creator, like Maxi just has something that once again, seems like such a simple basketball, like quality, but just it's been missing for so long. It's so refreshing to see. And he's definitely a spark plug, a guy that can go right away. And he just, to me, he has it. He, he has everything about it. And I'm excited to just watch him grow. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you this because I've heard a lot of different takes on this, but say, you know, we get a month into the season, Ben Simmons is sitting out and Portland calls up and they go, all right, we'll give you Damian Lillard, 
but we'll take Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and a couple picks. What do you say to that? You have to, unfortunately. I think I, I love Maxey with all my heart. I think Dame and Embiid is a duo in the league. That would just be crazy. And I think, but um, everything mentality-wise, play style-wise, just everything, I think those two would work. And then you got to do everything possible to make that happen. But I would definitely be sad to see this guy leaving. I like you a lot, man, because we, we see eye to eye on a lot. And I've took I've taken so much heat for that. And, and I feel like we I feel like we overrate our guys sometimes. Sometimes it's deserved. But um, you know, we don't know how, like I said, we don't know how long Joel Embiid has left. We have to optimize what he has. Because when Joel Embiid ends up going, guess what? I see honestly maybe a rebuild coming. And yeah. with how many draft picks that we had over the last like eight to nine years. It, you know, we missed on way too many. We understand that. But we still have a really, really good player here who I think hasn't even been fully unlocked. So mm. if you have, you know, the chance to get a Damian Lillard, and I know Bradley Bill, they're going to be looking whether he signs this extension in the first week of the season. Um, if he doesn't, who I, I don't get why these guys haven't left yet. Who knows? Um, but if there's a chance to get one of them, I agree with you. You, you got, and I love Matisse. I'm a, I'm a big guy, big Matisse guy. Um, I think his defensive capability is just way ahead of everybody's years. But if the, if a guy like that is there, you have to get it done. Yeah, 100% agree. And another reason why I think Maury has been waiting and will continue to wait is there's a real possibility that Portland starts off slow, look disappointing out the rip, and the whole situation changes for Dame and that he yeah. feels like no longer. And f- first off, from Dame's perspective, I would rather be here playing with Embiid than where they're at. And the Trailblazers are honestly in a worse spot as an organization than the Sixers are. When you think about what kind of trade pieces can they swing is they're pretty much at the cap. They don't have money to play with. The only real trade pieces they have, CJ McCollum is not getting the return of a player that can kind of drastically increase your chances. And they've been landlocked in the, not making a real run the playoffs for several years now too. So to me, there has to be, I, I would do anything to make that possible work with a Damon Embiid pairing. And I definitely think it's still on the table once things settle down. Yeah, I agree. And that that's a good point. You know, when, when everybody wants to kind of get this over with now, we still have to stay patient and see what happens. And um, if a Dame was, was to become available, I, I truly feel like the Sixers obviously would be mentioned in the top teams, like top two, three, but I feel like every other team has made their commitment this off season. And it's really like an, like, the media would be talking about it. Every reporter would be talking about it. Um, and if Daryl Morey wasn't able to get that done, then we, w- in my opinion, we would have to start looking at Daryl Morey. But let me ask you this. A lot of people want to give this guy heat for how he handled this offseason. You know, I like to say to that, you know, there's some maybe some things he could have done more. But at the same time, we didn't have a lot of cap space. And we also have this glaring issue. And people want to take it back to not trading for Kyle Lowry. What do you make of all that, and how do you feel about Daryl Morey right now as the GM? So overall, I'm still pretty happy with it. I mean, the Ben Simmons situation, how this ends up being resolved is the ultimate key and probably what he will be judged on. But that completely handcuffed pretty much our whole offseason. When we think about, like, first off, like you said, we didn't have a lot of cap room. There wasn't anybody we were signing. Anyway, I feel a lot better about the offseason after bringing back Danny Green. To me, that was a a key. I'm happy Furkan's back. The draft, I've been, I was super thrilled with last year's draft. I don't mind Jaden Springer. I'm okay with this year's draft too. Uh, but when we think about what Simmons specifically handcuffed, like the other moves we could make, like you could kind of, like the mid-level exception they let drop, which was a little disappointing. 
But the conversation changes so drastically on what that player would be looking like, depending on what the Simmons trade is for. Like, for example, if we had, if there is a Dean trade down the line, which we hope there is, that's the a complimentary piece of that looks significantly different different than we if we trade for a Brad Beal or a anything, or or if we end up with like a CJ McCollum package, Malcolm Brogdon, all these the the complimentary piece that we'd be looking to add looks so different that Maury elected to pass on it and say it's not worth it so i guess how this is resolved will be kind of the ultimate judge but i don't think that there was a lot he could do and i'm okay with kind of the sit and wait tactic right now yeah i agree and i mean we we got a couple role players off the bench like i i'm still someone that thinks our bench needs a bit more improvement because at times they're just too inconsistent in my opinion uh but also doc rivers needs to learn how to manage them better so i do agree with that um but in terms of training camp you know everybody's going to get hammered with the questions, but once that kind of blows over a little bit, what, what are some things that you're looking for as we go into, into camp, maybe like some battles or, you know, just some storylines. What are you, what are you looking for? So Tyrese Maxey, I think is the biggest story and just how much he can develop, how high his ceiling really is and finding that. And that has a massive impact on the ceiling of this team. And again, that's a ton to throw on the shoulders of a 20 year old that's in his second year in the league, but I think he's earned it and I think he's ready for it. So see that, that to me is number one. Uh, I would love to see Paul Reed win like a real rotational role. And to me, that's something the Sixers have continued to kind of drop the ball on. And today's basketball, just having like a a big man that can shoot, dribble, handle, do that thing, we've never had. And the belief in just having a backup center that's just kind of a worse version of Embiid just hasn't been effective. We've seen the on and off splits every year. And to me, just like, going about this a different way and building with like a a small ball big man is something that we haven't done that I want to see happen. So I'd love to see Paul Reed come out and play it out, play well and earn that job. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with those. Um, I also like Isaiah Joe as well. I think he could be a good rotational piece down the line. Um, It feels like we're going to be relying on a lot of young guys as well for once. And I, I just hope doc isn't too stubborn. Like what is your take on doc? And do you think he could potentially be, on the hot seat this year at all yeah i so personally and then once again this this conversation has to go through Joel Embiid because if you talk to Embiid and say uh like what do you think of Rivers and he points out how he had the best year of his career that he liked it whatever then it changes it but for me personally I think Doc Rivers was probably an even bigger issue on the team than Ben Simmons last year and just in going down in the playoffs and playing all bench rotation just the commitment to subbing in units rather than just like spotting guys and in the playoffs is is absurd to me and for a guy that's been around basketball so long and knows so much has played so much just like the lack of kind of feel for the flow of the game that you kind of see in his subbing and management just blows my mind and uh, he's a guy that I think will deservingly be on the hot seat at the end of this year if things don't turn out right but also just it's it's gonna I can see this year being in a wash in his favor just because of all the the drama with Simmons and the roster and everything. But I have not been impressed with rivers in the way that I hope that would. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I do think doc has done good things for this team. Like I, I think Tobias was maximized. I think we created the right kind of offense, but you know, you're right when it comes to doc rivers and for me, especially his babying of Ben Simmons and, and trying to tell everybody else that they're wrong. And I'm a coach and, and you guys are the fans. You're the media. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't think and, and, you know, even with Danny Green, like I'm glad to have Danny back as a player. I think Danny might get booed in the first game for what he said about fans. Like, I, again, it, it just feels like 
going back to what I said earlier, like everyone is K. I feel like the the common denominator is Ben Simmons. And I, like, I'm not trying to harp on the guy, but it's like Doc's babying of him. Danny Green's coming to his defense and he doesn't know. And then Joel Embiid even had to come to his defense on Twitter, uh, you know, recently. And it's like, I feel like if Ben goes, there's just going to be more like relaxation within the, within the organization and just a better chemistry, honestly. Yeah. And, and from a, a roster construction aspect as well, like when we think back to all the different cores that we put around these Sim the Simmons and Embiid, like maybe there's one common denominator and maybe it's not the seven footer that can play both ways, shoot threes, defend. Maybe it's the guy that can't shoot. And maybe it isn't that these guys can't play together versus one can't play with the other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also I think Doc's take in addition to that about the free throws, especially yesterday, he kind of like, uh, reinforced it i think it's just absolutely ridiculous and it it's making us look bad like oh we don't we don't need ben simmons to be 70 percent from the line he said i think it was in the playoffs oh we only need him to go one for two from the line yeah the fact of the matter is that when you have a max contract player and you're late in a playoff series against a team we should have demolished i mean this team had no playoff experience and this was our this was we were talking the easiest route to the eastern conference finals ever and you can't have your guy in the game because he's going to the line 50 times. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just embarrassing. And definitely. And think back to how working for the first seed, the the biggest goal of that was our clear route through the playoffs. Right. And this year's playoffs were the most open they've been in. I can't even tell how long that it was such a clear path and that we were just looking at the the benefit was we wouldn't have to play the Bucks and the Nets. We'd only have to beat one and then be in the finals. And we didn't even get to the semifinals to have to do that. And that is so depressing when you think about it like that against the Hawks team with they were certainly better than they were given credit going into that series, but they are not a team that should be winning that. And we not a team that should be knocking us out of the playoffs. And it's so frustrating to think of what a clear opportunity, especially given the year that Embiid had. And who knows? I still think there's more, but that could very well be the peak of his career. And we could have just wasted it with not having the proper talent around. Yeah, and, and I've been saying, like, that was our best chance, especially with all the, the league circumstances. Like, call it what you want. I mean, there there was a lot of guys banged up. There was a lot of teams that got kicked in the first round that should have been, you know, if they were healthy and stuff. So, like you said, that might have been our best chance. And that's that's what really pisses me off about this. Like, we saw it not once in a playoff series, not twice, but three times. And I feel like we played four-on-five offense. And, you know, we may have been able to go farther. Even the team with Jimmy Butler – probably could have gone farther we were one bounce away there an unlucky bounce and it just sucks man but I want to build on what you said there because if the Sixers just say you know that we keep Ben Simmons whether he plays or doesn't like this season based off where we're going what are your expectations in terms of us ranking up in the east because other teams are getting better people don't want to acknowledge that while we're sitting here teams have gotten a lot better so where, what are your expectations for us in the east and then, you know, just overall, what what do you think about this season? Yeah, the East certainly got better this offseason in a way that the Sixers did not quite keep up with. I definitely don't think we'll see a, a one seed this year, or I think we'll probably be closer in the four or five range. The the any team with Embiid still on it, and when we think about Maxi, Tobias, all these guys, we we still Seth Curry, there's a lot of good players still on this roster. Like they're still far from a bad team, but I do think they're a notch below that championship contending team. But the thing that like the Sixers haven't fully acknowledged in a way that I 
um, now they're forced to is that it really doesn't matter until the playoffs and that as long as you have that ticking in and chance then you have a chance to win it and what the roster looks like right now doesn't fully matter it will come playoff time that as long as it's put together then we could very well be looking at a team with a real chance to win it again so for the moment i would say expectations aren't aren't super high like i think they're going to be a, a middle of the pack good team but that could change in an instant and whenever this trade does finally go through that's when full expectations will be set yeah i agree and i i, I have us maybe i mean even if ben simmons was to play even though he's not but you know we win regular season games like everyone yeah. that's you know everyone wants to flaunt the stat of how much they win together yeah that's in the regular season you know we can be a three seed we could be a four seed this year and even if we when when we acquire a new player it's going to take time to build chemistry. That's kind of a con in, in my eyes as to why I wish something would have happened this offseason so that we could build that repertoire, you know, together. But either way, I mean, it's a star-driven league, like you said. You bring a star in, they'll find a way to work. Um, but I don't know. Joel Embiid, another reason why I'm mad at Ben Simmons, I'm calling him 2-5 now instead of Ben Simmons, but another reason I'm pissed off at him is because this is a pure spit in the face to Joel Embiid. I feel 100%. genuinely bad for Joel. Uh, you know, both of these guys were some of my favorite Philadelphia athletes. Joel has just, you know, risen to another rank. And I feel bad for this guy, you know. And, and let me ask you this as well. Do you think he needs to be more vocal as a leader? Um, so in two parts. I mean, A, I think they're the leader role is always thrown on the star in a way that it's not necessarily the case. Like Embiid certainly plays his heart out and is a lead by example kind of guy. I don't, he's not necessarily the guy that's going to stand up, give a speech. I think Tobias Harris has helped a ton with the leadership and being that and certainly uh, take it paid, get, he's getting paid well to do that. So he's fine taking on that role. Uh, the thing I would like to see from Embiid, which, and again, this is like expectations that are never going to be in your NBA contract, but that I would love to see is. Go out and not tamper a little bit. Go talk to some people. Yeah. Go make some superstar friends because that's how all these teams come about. When we think about the Nets, the Lakers, things like that, it's these guys go chatting up at all-star games and making friends and stuff like that. And if you really want to take this team to the level that I would love for it to, to get to is let's go, go, go have some coffee with Dame and chat it up out there and see what goes from there. And I would love for him to get more involved in kind of the recruiting prospect and that aspect of coming to Philly. Uh, as far as the in-house leadership, I think he's matured in ways that we should be thankful for and are happy that he's here. And I don't think there's any problem with him being a like a semi-leader, just more by example guy. But that I definitely would like them to be more involved in that whole recruiting process. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same side as you. And I, you know, like, why not? Like, go out there, Joe. Go put yourself out there. You know, I mean, I, I mean. Philly gets a bad rep sometimes, but at the end of the day, we have some of the best fans in the world. We have some of the most loyal fans. Absolutely. We look for effort. I mean, some of these stars, they would get here and they we would learn to love them because they would put on a show. We haven't got that opportunity, and that's what frustrates me. Um, and it's not because of the fans. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just more so think it's because of the lack of opportunity, and it's just we thought that we had our core in place, and the, and the fact of the matter is that we don't. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I've been saying, too, is that I would love the Sixers to go out and get a dog, whether that's like a Jay Crowder type or a P.J. Tucker or a Marcus Morris for exactly what you said. Like, I need someone to come out here and rile somebody up, whether it's in the locker room, on the floor, come out and get in somebody's face. If Joel's mm -hmm. not going to do it, if Toby's not that kind of guy on the court, get somebody like that. What do you think? 
Yeah, I would love that. I think Mike Scott was the guy who that was expected to be, and unfortunately, he just was not good enough to get minutes on the court and be that. Uh, Basketball-wise, certainly an upgrade with Georges Niang, but we're definitely going to miss that little bit of a dog in them. And that's definitely something I think that could be used. I think this team, I'm not going to say that like they're soft, but I think there's aspects of them that they certainly bend over too easily and things like that. So any sort of change like that would be cool. And just there definitely is needs to be a little bit of a mindset adjustment on the, the Sixers roster. Yeah, I agree. And and the last thing I want to ask you, shout out to you for being on here, Sean Bernard. Shout out to everybody in the chat. We're rocking with a lot of people in here. Drop any comments, questions. I want to ask you, you know, we talk, we kind of touched on it earlier, but for some people that may just be coming in, like if you're Daryl Morey, you know, it's a couple days till camp. We're going to find out a lot of our answers that we've been seeking. Um, at the end of the day, is there any package out there? It, say your Sixers ownership and it, you know, maybe maybe one of the trade rumors packages, anything that you would accept at the current time, you know, not being like a star player. Is there anything you would say, all right, let's do that and just get the better fit on our team? The the thing that does appeal to me and that so for me, the ultimate goal has to be getting a second legitimate star. And I think there's a lot of teams that are having a hard time talking themselves into mortgaging the future to build around Ben Simmons because there's rightfully questions about if he's capable of doing that. So to me, to make it easier on that path, if there's a deal that sets us up for the future, like a maybe a, the one that has appealed to me that I've heard whispers of was CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, and a couple first-round picks. And if you get those first-round picks and even young guys that can be repackaged, a deal when we're building around, like, even though, again, it stinks to trade these guys, but you got to do what you got to do, like a maxi Fiebel and three first-round picks trade, like, that's a strong offer when looking at a team that's about to go into rebuild. Like, if that was for Brad Beal with the Wizards, that's a strong offer to start rebuilding your franchise. So if there's a deal that checks the boxes with enough assets that we think that can be repackaged in a trade down the line, uh, I would be okay with that at this point in time. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I think that, you know, that a lot of people want to go this route of, of accumulating a bunch of draft picks. Now, I do think that could be risky as well, because like you said, like you said earlier, I think everything has to go through Joe LMB, because if yeah. we make something happen, if we acquire a bundle of picks, then we can't get anybody. What's going to happen with our organization? Or if we trade for somebody and, and they get injured, you know, it's not the right player. Then where do we go? And that's why I'm I'm kind of worried about this situation. I don't feel like Daryl Morey has handled it terribly, but I just don't think the the opportunity has presented itself. Like I would have loved to see what has what had happened if maybe a month ago Dame Lillard's like, all right, I won out. You know, like we haven't seen it, and it's frustrating. It is, and I just hope that our players come to camp ready to go. And and I hope because I, I know they're going to talk about it. You know, I know yeah. Tobias Harris is in there. You know, I saw all the pictures today. I'm sure that, you know, Andre Drummond's there, Joel. And Joel's tonight, he's a teddy bear, all right? He's not going to say anything, but I'm sure in the private conversations with Tobias Harris, he's going to say, yo, like, what the heck, man? Like, I just can't believe he's not here, you know? And mm -hmm. it's just sickening. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. And I totally agree about it being a slap in the face to Joel. And especially with just how much these guys have already been through together. And with those two, we think about... Furkan Korkmaz is the longest tenured sixer outside of Embiid at this point, and uh, which is crazy with how much turnover he's been through in his time here. And that at, to this point, the Sixers have certainly failed Embiid and was surrounding him with the proper pieces and things to really go out and compete for a championship in the way that has been the goal the whole time. So I would love to see that change. I definitely think it's going to be an awkward uh, couple, for, couple first days of training camp for everyone. 
but I'm ready for this team to get rolling again. And whoever's here, I'm ready for them to show up and ball out. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Before we get out of here, give us first, give us, give me a sense of optimism, you know, like maybe reiterate what you want to see in camp or, or just something to give us all some optimism. And then also tell us where we can find you again and, and what your plans are in terms of covering the Sixers and all. Okay, so first off, my optimism is we still have Joel Embiid. And there were ne- whenever you have Joel Embiid, the team has a chance. And I, I think this guy's a legitimate superstar, a top-tier guy in the league that built around him, we always have a fighting chance. And I think Tyrese Maxey, I really do believe in him. I really think there's a level that he's going to add something to this team that we haven't seen in years that's exciting and just the energy that he's going to bring. So I'm super stoked to see what that looks like. And then as far as covering me, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore Bernard one. Uh, I'll be in the press conferences doing a bunch of around the team stuff and reporting with that. All my writing will be on phillysportsnetwork.com. And you can check out uh, my podcast with my co-host James Brain, Pick Swap Pod. Hey, I love it all, man. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to get back. And I hope that the Sixers figure this out soon. I hope we get some of our answers I'll be looking forward to your work as well. Shout out to the chat for holding it down as always, man. Drop a like. I know some people are going to watch this on the second time around, so drop a like. Um, go follow Sean on Twitter. Does great work. Subscribe if you're new. Um, you just heard where you can find them. With that being said, thank you for taking the time to join us, man. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we can work again, man. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Yeah, definitely. All right, you guys have a great one, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.